Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And it's 6.07 and Mike Casper is still absent. Ah, crap. Radio's turning <laughs> off. <laughs> it's, uh, feels like Groundhog Day, you know, over and over the same yeah. day. We'll just... We'll just say over there is Chris Walton and some mm-hmm. dude in the in the other chair. Exactly. I'm Rick Worthington filling in today for Mike Casper, who is uh, still suffering from uh, some ill effects of uh, that that bug that's been going around and hitting so many people. So uh, I get to sit in for one more day, you uh, to, or at least one more day. I don't know. You do be here tomorrow or not? You talk to him. Uh, I just texted real quick. Um, said yeah, still planning on being gone tomorrow. Not feeling too great still. Yeah. So. You know, apparently it wasn't, you know, any one thing or football game or bottle flu or, <laughs> you know, something like that. In any I, case. I didn't think it was. Um, Did go out with the kids trick-or-treating throughout the neighborhood. Our neighborhood was so busy mm-hmm. last night. And it's a fairly new neighborhood. Lots of kids that attend school. So, therefore, yeah, sure, trick-or-treaters were yeah. going to be out in force. Very residential uh, neighborhood in Meridian where mm-hmm. you live. I, uh, in the, you know, let's see, McMillan and Locust Grove area, kind of on the, on the edge of where Eagle and Meridian meet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through four bags of candy last night. You know, the big bags that you buy Reese's and Starburst right. or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I have four bags. That's, that's what I handed out. Did, one at oh, a you handed them out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had grandma come over last night and hand them out one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody rang our doorbell not once no our uh the claire and and james came over with our granddaughter nia uh-huh. and uh she was dressed as elsa uh-huh. which 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 apparently was uh quite popular last night they said they saw a bunch of Elsas lots of when Elsas? They were out trick-or-treating gotcha but uh she looked great and so i gave her all of our candy yeah my girls must have saw all of their friends last night as they were trick-or-treating the mm-hmm. neighborhood um and you know dad was about tired yeah there was a workout going on it's yeah. like just trying to race around to keep up with them they were just in full sprint you know sugar high mode and you know chomping on some of the candy as they went it's like wait 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 you gotta let me see it you gotta let me check it you gotta you know yeah it was it was uh it was a thing didn't find any rainbow fentanyl did you uh no i did well, hear some reports about it though oh, was that right? not in our uh, area of I, course i but... just heard predictions that somebody was going to be handing it out and i thought i i, I, I heard that, some some reports that seems kind of expensive i heard some reports um and i don't know if it was rainbow fentanyl but i did hear about some fentanyl that was making its way into some candy and you know you don't ever like to hear about that but i know it was a worry going into halloween and not like parents are any less worried about it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, something did happen, though, during trick-or-treating last night that I wanted to bring up today. I'm, I'm not sure how to feel about it. Not, both you and Nathaniel, I'd really like to know how you, you guys feel about this. Okay. Because in my hand is what looks like a play money, right? It's a, you know, it's Abraham Lincoln's face. It looks like a, like a, it would be a $1 bill, but it says $1 million on it. And it's just paper money, right? Until you turn it over. It looks laminated. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a handout from a local church that they were handing out with candy last night. Yeah. What does it say? Well, it's it, you know, it's about Jesus. And there's some some Bible verses in here. 
Um, I, I don't want to out the church because I'm not about that. But are they are they against anything in particular? Are you blessed or cursed? You can be blessed. Call on Jesus in prayer right now. Look, it, it's very innocent, it, but it's a sounds kind of it's a general, church yeah. organization that was handing out religious pamphlets to kids that were coming around during the trick or treat time. Tracks, Look, I think they call them. The the guy that's the dentist that's handed out a <laughs> toothbrush on Halloween night. Or, it's like get or, it, you're a dentist, or you floss. creep. <laughs> Give out candy, you jerk. <laughs> but now I got to go through my kids' candy to sift through the religious garbage. I mean, I and I I say garbage because I'm a little perturbed that it made its way into my kids' trick or treat bag. Mm-hmm. I don't want you propositioning my children about your church. So I have a problem with this. Okay. Whereas I might actually go to this particular church. I don't really have a problem with the message this time. Well, but I think that's... Perhaps I, they were simply... That, that sh- you don't do that to kids during Halloween night. Perhaps they were simply trying to get a reaction out of you. Well, they got one out of me. Yes, they did. So... Are you okay with that, though, Chris? You don't have no, uh, it. It doesn't bother up, you anyone particular I grew up way. In, I grew up in Twin Falls. Everybody hands out religious tracts in Twin Falls on Halloween night. Oh, well, sometimes it didn't bother me. Sometimes they had clever cartoons in them. I never kept a collection of them. I'll be honest; it's the first time I've seen it, hmm. so that's why it struck me. I I've never seen that. I have seen the toothbrush I've make never, its way in the trick or treat bag. I've never seen one written on the black on the black on the back of yeah. pay, on the back of a well, play, yeah, play I mean, money. Kids kids were excited when they came away from the door, and I'm pretty sure yeah, I remember money. which house it is. And I'm not going to go talk to them. <laughs> I'm not going to call out the church. I just I don't like the idea that on Halloween night you've got to distribute religious materials to little kids. Mm-hmm. At least pass it by mom and dad first. Hey, mom and dad, do you mind if I give them this? It's like there's a, there's an unwritten contract. Kid that goes to door for trick or treat, it's candy time. <laughs> you know, that's what the tradition is about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I like traditions, and I think traditions are important. I just don't appreciate you handing religious material straight to my kids unannounced had they said something about it mom and dad do you care if i give them this no problem nia got a yo-yo last night a yo-yo well that's that's pretty safe that's pretty safe i and well, it wasn't course, the way she was trying to use it. Did she you look through the candy, though, last s- night? Swinging it around and uh, well, yeah, inadvertently smacked me I mean, with <laughs> I say inadvertently just to give her the benefit of the doubt. No head trauma? <laughs> uh, not enough not to worry enough. about. Right. Anyway, I'd love to know how you guys feel about this. If you want to call in, I'd, I'll take your call at 208-336-3700. Religious materials in the trick-or-treat bag. Is it okay and I'm overreacting or not okay? Their last name wouldn't be Gideon, would it? The family? Or you no. Know? Okay. No. Just checking. No, but it does have the address and the email address of the pastor and the website for the church. And Sounds like he's maybe looking for a little dialogue anyway. Well, and that's okay. But really, I, don't, I just don't. 
I don't feel like it's appropriate for you to pass religious materials to little kids without okay. at least run it by mom and dad. That's just how I feel about yeah, it. I understand. So I might be out of line. Maybe I'm just too sensitive about it. And then that, that could very well be the case. I'd love to hear what you think about it. 208-336-3700. KBOI News Time is 615 and it is time for sports today. Our first look at sports brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian and in Boise. Two locations now to serve you better. Uh, today, do we have a soup of the day? Is there, is there a Tuesday usual? I don't know if there is or not. Tell you what. You can give them a call and you can ask for yourself just as soon as I get the phone number. In Meridian, 208-855-0424. Or you can go to fatguysfreshdeli.com get all the information. Last night, Cleveland Browns looking pretty good. Percent play action fake. He drifts back. He's up in the pocket. He rolls left. Rolls left to the pylon. Dives. Touchdown. Call on the Browns radio network. Jacoby Brissett scrambling for a three-yard touchdown run, giving the Browns an 18 to nothing lead in the third quarter. They weren't quite done yet because they got this big running back that likes to steamroll, folks. Brissett underneath center. <laughs> on second down, Jacoby waits and takes and gives it. Chubb darts left. He's through to the five and going in. Touchdown! Nip Chubb! And he may have blown this thing wide open. And he did. Nick Chubb, 11-yard touchdown run there. Gave the Browns a 32-6 to lead in the first. Uh, fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and the Browns went on to beat the Bengals by a score of 32-13. to 13. Some good news for the Boise State football team. Our all-everything quarterback named Freshman of the Week and Player of the Week. Taylor Green, huh? Taylor Green, Fantastic. getting it done right now. As we get set to play BYU, we'll talk more about Taylor Green coming up a little later on this hour. KBOI News Time is 6-16. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 623 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. And our producer, Nathaniel. I'll give you guys an opportunity to respond to uh, my trick-or-treating dilemma last night with the uh, religious pamphlet that made its way into my uh, my daughter's trick or treat bag last night. I'm really very tolerant. I don't I don't have really a problem with the material that was given to them. I just have a problem with the idea that it's okay to give kids religious material without running it by mom and dad first. Mm. You know, mom and dad might be really offended. And I know that my being offended doesn't always have to impact you, but in this case, I'm talking about my kids. And yeah, I have a problem with <laughs> with you handing religious things straight to my kid and putting it in their trick or treat bag. That's that's bypassing the uh, the parental stuff. Nathaniel has been chomping at the bit to say something. So uh, Nathaniel, you you not crazy about this idea? I don't like it at all, Rick. I don't, I don't like it at all. Nope, hard pass. You're a fairly religious person, which is why I wanted your opinion on this. I am indeed. What's the problem? What's your problem with it? Okay, so I really don't like the like level of deception. It's you're giving it out to kids instead of parents, so you're sort of bypassing a realm of consent inside that family. Mm-hmm. A and B, I just I think it constitutes a really common issue that I see nowadays, which is that nothing's ever just simple. 
with the church. It can't just be a night where the kids go out and enjoy themselves and dress up like superheroes or whatever and go get candy and go home and have a good time. It's also got to have this ulterior motive of I'm going to push my religion on you, too. Well, there's, you know, there's an opportunity to reach somebody, maybe. And I guess that I'm trying to, you know, throw an idea out there that. And as a as a Christian, I'm I'm totally down for, you know, and a, a possibility to reach somebody. Yes. But there also have to be times that are just fun, like just allowing people to have fun and have that space of just being able to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. for an evening is arguably way more powerful than you know, trying to shove your religion and onto them. Chris Walton is the most laid back guy on the planet. It nothing upsets Chris. Well, I would say nothing upsets Chris Walton. <laughs> but you don't have any problem with this, right? No, not really. Now they gave it out with candy, right? See, to me, that really softens the blow. Uh, I'm candy would, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I don't really, I don't know what else was given at the door. Besides this thing that looks like a $1 million bill with Abraham Lincoln on it. I mean, uh-huh. it's definitely a laminated piece of material. Somewhere there's, and, a, somewhere there's a Walmart clerk that will try to give you change for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's really very harmless within itself if the child isn't sitting down and reading this. But if, you know, if you don't want your children exposed to something like this... Mm-hmm then I could see how you would be really upset. I suppose it could have been worse, you know. Pornogra- it absolutely pornographic could have been material, worse. It something like that. absolutely could have been worse. So I just... You know, and, and the people who do it, I think it comes from a good place because they really genuinely are uh, usually trying to save your soul, and in this case, probably your teeth as well. I'm, I'm trying to get there, Chris. But, I'm, you know, I'm trying, man. What they say about good intentions. Sure. You know, if it was something, look, the message is is very, are you blessed or are you cursed? And if you feel like you're cursed, read on, you know, that that kind of material. Mm -hmm. Had it been an invitation to a youth group event, no problem. Because you're inviting them to come with other kids, and then you know that there's going to be a message. And, of course, parents going to see that. But, hmm. Yeah, what now, do you got, I would, Nathaniel? I would assume your 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 girls don't feel cursed. You know, we didn't get that far. Oh. My main well, I thing, I think, is the lack of consent. Because churches also do things like trunk or treats, where they sure. invite the whole community. Yeah. But they put out big advertisements that say, hey, we're doing a trunk or treat. This is at a church. This is a whole thing. Right. So, but to hand, But to stand at the door and just hand it to kids without the approval of the parents seems less than well, above board. I me. guess on the other hand, hey, it's my door. I'll hand out whatever I want. You're coming to my door. Screw you. Okay, but then put a sign up in your lawn. Well, look, I'm with you. I'm just I'm just offering the idea why this this bothers me. And I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about it as well. 208-336-3700 is the number you can call. Uh, we do have news here at the bottom of the hour. Sports coming up as well. And, uh, you know, whatever else Chris Walton decides we're going to do today. So, <laughs> this show. KBOI News Time is 628. <laughs> it's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then, when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now, back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641 on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. 
Welcome to November. This is what it feels like. Yeah, it's All Saints Day. That's right. I forgot about that. You have a favorite saint? I like Archie Manning. Uh, it's a good one. It's a good one. No, I don't have a favorite saint. I don't have one. Uh, I I would take any saint, though, that would help me win the Powerball jackpot. No winner that matched all six numbers after Monday's drawing, which is now estimated for the Wednesday drawing to be at $1.2 billion. Cash value to you if you just cash it out, which is what you would do, right? Okay. St. Pantaleon is the patron saint of lotteries. I thought he would be the patron saint of pants. He's also the patron saint of, uh, for some reason, witchcraft, Oh, locusts, wow. consumption. I think he must have gotten like he la- got the last short end of the he, patron he, he saint. Got, he got the last pick. He's the patron saint of livestock. Well, and I bet, I bet not a one of them appreciates that. Well, I mean, I'm good with hamburgers. Uh, cash value, if you just cash out on the uh, lottery, should you win, $596.7 million. I mean, that's just an estimate, by the way, based on what they think the jackpot is going to be worth. Uh, by the way, winning numbers last night, 19, 13, 39, 59, and 36. Powerball number of 13. Missed it by that much. Powerball number was three. I have no three? idea what my numbers are. Yeah, three. Oh. Powerball, uh, power play number was, was three. Oh, three. Okay, there we go. So if you won like a million dollars, you won three million. I guess. Or I mean, whatever. I mean, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. While there was no jackpot winner, more than 5.4 million tickets, totaling 59.5 million in cash prizes won on Halloween, said Powerball, including 10 tickets that matched all five white balls for a million dollar prize. Yeah. Beats a poke in the other sharp stick. Does it say where they're at? No. Crap. Oh, yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Do any, do any of them have the word Fairview? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, bummer. <laughs> uh, if there's a winner Wednesday night, the jackpot would be the second largest jackpot in Powerball history and fourth largest in U.S. history, wow. according to Powerball. The largest prize in Powerball history. That was back in 2016, $1.5 billion shared by three winners in California, Florida, and Tennessee. I don't know how much they got, but that was a pretty big jackpot and a good time for them to share all that. And I'm okay with being one of those people. (laughs) Just saying, it's out there for you. If you bought tickets for this last drawing, you're going to want to buy tickets again. What do you mean I have to share my $1.5 billion with two other people? You know, the question is how, how do you buy Powerball tickets, either of you? Uh, let's put it this way. We bought one yesterday because I, I told Debbie, I said, on your way in to work, stop and get one. And she did. Gotcha. That was the first one we've gotten this year. I see. Okay. So we, we don't even think about it most of the time. I don't play that regularly, but when the jackpot gets up over 500 million, usually I'll get one. In this case, I'll probably spend 20 bucks, get wow. some tickets, throw it in. You know, we spent three. Yeah, three bucks. That's good. Can't win if you don't play. I believe it. You sound like the gambling bug. Well, also from Nevada, and I do have a play. certain idea of, you know, gambling, but, more gambling. you know, there's always this idea that Powerball does pay into education somewhat at the end of the year. 
I'll throw some money at it. Yeah. Sure, why not? KBOI News Time is six forty-five. It's time for sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Always trust a fat sandwich. Mm-hmm. They have a Meridian and a Boise location. They are all about serving you the best sandwiches you'll ever have. And a hot steaming bowl of soup made from scratch. In fact, all their ingredients are made from scratch. If they can make it from scratch, they do. Check it out. Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Promise you, you'll like what you eat over there. Let's look at some other things that are happening besides Monday Night Football, including no World Series last night. Game postponed until tonight. ESPN's Tim Kirchin says the forecast is better for the rest of the week as well. It's going to be a miserable night. The next three nights here are going to be beautiful. And Major League Baseball wants to play under the best conditions possible. Of course they do. He also says the whole schedule is getting moved back a day. There will be a travel day on Friday because Major League Baseball does not want a team arriving in Houston at 5 o'clock in the morning and playing a World Series game that night. So that would postpone the games 6 until Saturday, 7 on Sunday. All right. I guess I have a question in terms of what that does for the Boise State BYU game. I'm I'm not suggesting they're moving the time. It's still scheduled for 5 p.m. on FS2, mm-hmm. 5 p.m. kick time. I'm curious because it's an FS2 game. If you're moving things around, does it change which network they air on? Nothing said right now about that, but moving things around like they do because it's a Fox game and also the World Series on Fox. Now they've got a game Saturday. Okay, how does that that work? Um, If you're looking at what it actually does on the field, Jeff Passan with ESPN says he thinks it benefits the Phillies. The addition of the off day or keeping the off day there allows the Philadelphia Phillies, who have a thin pitching staff, to go with Ranger Suarez, their Game 4 starter, in Game 3. To bring Aaron Nola, their Game 5 starter, up a day as well. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. But the World Series is scheduled to go on tonight. Fox TV, 6 p.m., 1-1, series tied. Phillies hosting tonight. KBOI News Time, 647. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment once again, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Dan Melcher, Executive Medical Director for Regents. Good morning, doctor. Good morning. All right. uh, Today, uh, state and federal health agencies say roughly about 10% of Idaho adults have been diagnosed with diabetes and need to be actively engaged in the management of their disease. So let's spend a couple of moments this morning talking about both the tried and true tactics and an unlikely sounding new tool that's being used to keep diabetes under control. Absolutely. So when we think about diabetes, which is a, a metabolic disease that affects how we process sugar, you know, that the tried and true tactic really is starting with diet. And proven techniques in this regard are things like focusing on eating nutritional foods, fruits, vegetables, whole grains, lean protein. And because diabetics don't metabolize sugar normally, not surprisingly, it's important to reduce consumption of things that have lots of sugar, including processed 
carbohydrates. Um, physical activity is also really important for our metabolism. So engaging in consistent physical activity, um, managing our body weight, and of course not smoking because smoking can actually increase some of the risks associated with diabetes. And really one of the newest management tools that you referenced there in the beginning has to do with mind-body practices. Okay, mind-body practices, that's a new one for me. <laughs> what exactly does that refer to? Yeah, I mean, so we've known that, you know, these sort of mind-body practices have been effective for centuries, things like yoga uh, and medita meditation, and they were actually specifically and scientifically studied um, in a new article, and yoga in particular was shown to reduce what's called hemoglobin A1C, which is the blood marker that we use to measure diabetic control. And when people did yoga, it was actually, they had comparable decreases in their hemoglobin A1C, similar to people that were on a medication called metformin, which is a very common medication people use to help manage their diabetes. Do we have any idea why yoga, meditation, and related mind and body practices uh, seem to be so helpful? couple theories, and really the first is that they reduce our stress hormones, and, and there's some of the stress hormones when they get uh, released actually increase or affect adversely our glucose metabolism. So when we're doing things like yoga and meditation, we reduce these hormones, and then we reduce this A1C or blood sugar levels. We're also uh, hearing nowadays and seeing news reports that uh, we note there are uh, uptick nationwide of hepatitis A cases. Can you talk to us uh, about what that disease is and how it's being transmitted? Yeah, hepatitis A has been around for, for a long time. It's a highly contagious viral illness. It particularly affects the liver. Um, it's a form of hepatitis that is spread particularly through contaminated food or water, and we've been seeing you know, as much of a, as a five-fold increase um, in certain areas lately. So what can we do to reduce our odds of contracting the disease? Well, as it turns out, there's actually a hepatitis A vaccine. So um, getting the vaccine and two injections given six to 12 months apart um, is really the best thing that we can do. But hepatitis A is particularly contracted through contaminated food or water. So thoroughly washing hands with soap and water, um, particularly before eating or drinking, um, after using a restroom, drinking bottled water if people are in areas uh, that are you know less developed or less less sanitary, and certainly avoiding eating raw fruit, again, or vegetables in areas with poor sanitation. That is the KBY Medical Moment this morning, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Meltzer, thanks for joining us again this morning on KBOI. Thank you. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is out today. I'm Rick Worthington filling in along with Chris Walton. Good morning. Good morning. First day of November. Sports on the way here for you in just a couple of minutes. Uh, let's see. What else have we got going on? Um, Bob will be in at 830 today for Bronco Tuesday. I believe we're talking tennis today. I think so, yeah. That's the plan. Probably going to talk to uh, Coach Beck Rogar. All right. Also want to let you know about some things that are in the news today, like a former long shot for Idaho governor some time ago. He was convicted Monday of uh, kidnapping and killing a 12-year-old Colorado girl who went missing nearly 40 years ago, talking about Steve Pankey. Mm. Well, that's unfortunate. He was found guilty of felony murder, second-degree kidnapping, and false reporting in the disappearance and death of 
Janelle Matthews, back in 1984, Office of District Attorney Michael Rourke said a judge then sentenced him to life in prison with the possibility of parole. This is according to the Greeley Tribune. It was Panky's second trial in this case. Last year, jurors were unable to reach verdicts on the kidnapping and murder charges. Prosecutors decided to put him on trial again. Panky was the neighbor of this girl and her family. She vanished after being dropped off uh, at home. Nobody else was home at the time. Um, By the way, Greeley, Colorado, is a suburb of Denver. I say suburb. It's about 50 miles from Denver, so excuse me. Not so much of a suburb, but it's not... It's not a very big place. How about that? Yeah. It's in the Denver Metro. Mm-hmm. Panky emerged as a person of interest in the case three decades later, shortly before Janelle's body was found in 2019, after claiming to have information about what really happened to her and asking for immunity from prosecution. Well, he didn't get it. His lawyers said his behavior may have seemed unusual, but they argued police did not secure hard evidence against him and failed to clear an an alternate suspect who died in 2007. Prosecutors, though, said Panky kept up to date on the case throughout the years, even as he moved his family to several other states, including Idaho, where he unsuccessfully, as a Constitution Party candidate, ran for governor in 2014 and in the Republican gubernatorial primary in 2018, the year that authorities said he was named as a person of interest in the girl's death. And I'm not sure that that really is what killed his gubernatorial possibilities, but it sure didn't help. It's like you said, he was a long shot to begin with. Right. The uh, girl was apparently kidnapped from her home. We don't know everything that happened, but her death was ruled homicide and she died from a gunshot wound to the head. Yeah. Well, Good if they stuff. didn't have any physical evidence against him, I wonder. Well, I I don't know all the details of the, of the case, uh, and I have not been keeping up with it as this well, has it, all it been taking like, place in Colorado. It sounds like he was convicted because he did know all the details. Well, he knew he knew a lot more than he said he did. How's that? Yeah. 7:15. It's time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. Fat guys, serving up big old fat sandwiches. Pair that with a bowl of soup. It's a good lunch. Way to start a good day. See them in Meridian or in Boise, two locations to serve you better. And they open up today at 1030. Fat guys, Fresh Deli, bringing you this look at Boise State sports right now. We're redshirt freshman. Quarterback Taylor Green honored yesterday by the Mountain West. Green was selected both the offensive player and the freshman of the week by the Mountain West after completing 24 of 30 passes for 305 yards against Colorado State. He threw for two TDs and ran for one. Head coach Andy Avalos has been very pleased with his quarterback. Uh, the way he commands the huddle leads to his confidence at the line of scrimmage, leads to his confidence at um, his decision making once that ball is snapped. As we continue to work together, and um, there's consistent schematics that he gets comfortable with. It is about what our players, not only Taylor, but it is about what does what our personnel do best. That's football. Taylor Green and the Broncos will go for 7-2 and two on the season as they host BYU Saturday at 5. Bob Beeler, 
News Talk KBOI. Don't anybody ask me about fantasy football anything. I've had the worst fantasy football week. I went 0 for 4 wow. in my leagues. All the guys I thought that were going to do well this year, tanking. <laughs> Absolutely all of them. Thanks, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, for See, finally looking old. This is our lesson not to bet big money. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I don't bet big money. I used to, I used to bet at the sports book when I was living in Nevada. Not mm-hmm. so much outside of Nevada, but yeah. Fantasy sports has been kind of the thing that curtailed me away from betting on games. And now I'm just angry at it all. <laughs> KBOI News Time is 717. I'm for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723 on News Talk, KBOI. Hey, 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 the market is up today. And Jeremiah Bates joins us from Tree City Advisors to give us some news about, I don't know, looks like another rate hike is on the way. <laughs> yeah, no, most certainly. And of course, you know, first trading day of November is upon us. Futures market is up. So it looks like the rally that we saw in October, for all types of purposes, looks like it will continue, at least for today. Now, whether will it be sustained? That's the question, because we saw a similar dynamic uh, a few months ago when we saw the bot. We really saw the bottom of the markets hit in June. We saw a rally carry through July, beginning of August, and that hit a that hit a stop sign at the Federal Reserve Jackson Hole Wyoming meeting, where Jerome Powell came out and was very aggressive with his uh, Fed speak around how aggressive they're going to get rid- with interest rate hikes. So the Federal Reserve meeting. It's slated to start today. They will release their comments tomorrow. Expectation is that they will raise interest rates again by three quarters of 1%. So 0.75 of 1%. Now, keep in mind that they've already, re- they've already raised this benchmark three percentage points since March. And this is likely to be the fourth straight three quarters of a percentage point hike. So I don't think there's going to be any surprise, at least from Wall Street. Now, what well, kind of what we touched on yesterday is investors, uh, Wall Street is going to be paying attention to the comments, meaning the forward-looking guidance of the Federal Reserve. Now, that's what it means on Wall Street. Now, what it means for Main Street, what it means for, for the overall economy, like uh, individuals like you, me, means lending rates are going to go up. We're already seeing it with the 30-year fixed mortgage rate. It's now near 7%. Um, and that has quite an impact on affordability. I mean, if you just look at where interest rates were at the start of 2022, these interest rate hikes have the same impact of affordability as a 35% increase in home prices. So it just dramatically changed the landscape of what affordability is for these applicants trying to get a mortgage. Now, where this really, where the rubber really hits the road is where you have these variable interest rate loans to include HELOCs, home equity lines of credit. So we're already seeing those interest rates up to about 7.3% from about 4% and earlier in the year. So if you're carrying balances on a HELOC, if you're carrying balances on a credit card, we're seeing credit card um, percentage rates climb up close to 19, 20%. That's up from an average of 16% at the beginning of the year. So bottom line is, if you're looking at interest rate hikes, if you carry balances on a HELOC, yeah. if you carry them on a credit card, that pain point's going to be felt. One quick point, and I know this comment's been brought up before of how, with interest rates coming up, how, why is that not being reflected in my savings account or my bank CD? 
Well, bottom line is we're, we're starting to see that change a bit. However, banks are flushed with cash right now. They really don't have a reason to incentivize individual to putting more deposits on their, at the bank. So that's why we're seeing them. We're seeing these prices carry up on lending products. We're not seeing carrying up as, as high or is at the rate that we want to see for CDs and savings accounts. Although we are starting to see them lift a bit higher than where we saw a few months ago. And I know that. Everybody and their dog wanted to be a real estate agent. <laughs> Why the rates were low and the prices of homes were going high. And it was so easy to sell a home that if you just had a real estate license and somebody said, yeah, could you be my agent? You were going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, the, the I don't anecdote, think that's the way the, it is anymore. No, you know, and it's. You know, obviously, for, for individuals in the real estate realm, they, they've seen this before. I mean, it's more of like a cycle. But this time, I mean, we saw such an acceleration, Rick, like you just mentioned, such, such an acceleration of home prices, basically rates that we haven't seen in a lifetime. People locked those in. Now we have interest rates going up. People are kind of hesitant to make any moves. So it's, yeah. it's all quiet right now, at least from my understanding, when it comes to the real estate market here in the Valley. All right. Well... Good to know. Jeremiah, thanks for your time. We'll check in with you in about an hour when the market opens. Thanks, gents. Thanks very much. KBOI News Time 727. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 741. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper. Apologies for the Christmas music so early, but welcome to the official holiday shopping season starts on november 1st well it starts damn near before halloween's over Mm. (laughs) if you've been into a department store recently you have noticed all that halloween stuff replaced overnight by everything you can find christmas christmas lights christmas trees garland ribbons Wrapping paper. Yeah, 54 days until Christmas. If you go to your friendly Google page, 13 early holiday gifts to score for your best friend. All on sale. Holiday savings event just opened to more shoppers. Here's what to buy. The holiday shopping season meets inflation's buzzsaw. The ultimate guide to 2022 holiday shopping and saving. Six ways to save money while holiday shopping. All of these stories released within the last two hours. <laughs> Not kidding. Hmm. Yeah. The holiday shopping season has begun. Look, uh, Amazon even held a early Black Friday offer. What was that, two weeks ago? That was up and running? I mean, I'm not lying. I I looked at it. I got some stuff. <laughs> Splurge by, splurge by. Um, <laughs> even this story from ABC. Go ahead and hit, uh, pod me up there. Right? The holiday sales season already underway. Target is rolling out its deals of the day. Today, it's any one toy 25% off. And Amazon is discounting basics like rechargeable batteries half off. But experts say don't assume the lowest prices are here just yet. To get the rock bottom price, set a price drop alert using shopping apps such as Honey or Camel 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 to notify you when prices drop. And if you're looking for electronics, your best bet is to wait for Black Friday. So Clark Griswold's out there everywhere. 
I don't know when you're going to put your Christmas lights out. <laughs> I don't know when you're going to put your Christmas tree up. I tend to not play any Christmas music or put decorations out really? until after Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put the lights oh. out and I'm going to put the tree up and I'm going to do all the things. Just, I didn't know you were going to say till after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I thought you were going to say after I just Thanksgiving. Never to play any. Yeah, give me Thanksgiving first. Thanksgiving's always been one of my favorite holidays. I mean, you eat starting early, mm-hmm. watch football, have a big dinner, watch more football, have leftovers. Yeah, if you're and there's a late game on, and then you have dessert. If you're a guy like you or me, it's kind of hard to argue with that as being. I mean, a terrific holiday. It was a it was a little different when we were kids because there was the turkey bowl. We go out, we play as kids, and we get all our friends together, and you have a big tackle football game. And then you'd come home with, you know, broken legs and things like that. And, you know, now it's a little less stress. We're just going to have pie and watch football. And family can come over and then maybe there's booze involved. And you know, <laughs> I can go crazy. I mean, gin and tonic doesn't sound bad right now. It's time for sports. It's 745. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys has locations in both Boise and Meridian, actually. Here to serve you today, starting at 1030 today. If you haven't made plans for lunch already today, do yourself a favor. Stop by and see the boys at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. We've been talking Boise State football. I could tell you that Bronco quarterback Talon Green was named both Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week and Freshman of the Week in that win over Colorado State. And he is starting to be a lot more comfortable in the pocket. Bob Beeler with more now. Green threw for 305 yards and two touchdowns and ran for another leading the Broncos to their fourth win with him as their starting quarterback. His head coach, Andy Avalos, says he's getting better every week. We've been progressing with each time that Taylor gets to go out on the field to practice each week. There are certain objectives that we set out that, okay, this week, this is what we need to grow at. And he's been persistent. He's, he's taking advantage of his opportunity. And as we all know, last week was his best performance. Green will face a big and physical defense in BYU on Saturday. Kickoff will be at 5 on the blue. Bob Beeler, News Talk KBOI. Some football news for you. The Baltimore Ravens have acquired one of the NFL's top linebackers from the Chicago Bears, who are apparently now having a fire sale on defensive players. Roquan Smith is going to be a Baltimore Raven now. That dude can play. And going to Baltimore with other really good defensive players is never a bad thing for them as they're going to try and make a run. Uh, last night, Monday Night Football, it was the Browns that beat up on the Bengals and the World Series. Set for tonight, Game 3 in Philly will be at 6 p.m. KBY News Time is 7.47. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53 on News Talk KBOI. I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. I think Mike will be back tomorrow. It's a little under the weather. I'm not positive. I mean, we're hoping he feels better. You're thinking we'd sure be happier if Mike Casper was <laughs> here right now. And, you know, I, I agree for the most part. So does Chris. But it's cool. Uh, saw something the other day that I wanted to bring up. Um, I, I don't know that you've seen these uh, driving around town. 
Story from the Idaho Capitol Sun that the Idaho Secretary of State's office is working to find out the source of the big white signs that you've been seeing. Say, don't vote as a QR code on them. Hmm. Now, everybody's got a campaign sign out there right now. Lots of them. Every corner, campaign signs. In fact, for a guy that you don't see on TV very much, Ammon Bundy sure does have a lot of campaign signs out. (laughs) Well, the Idaho Secretary of State's office is working to determine the source of signs posted around the Treasure Valley with the message that says, don't vote. So they don't yet know who put those up. Well, there's a QR code that redirects the campaign website for Ammon Bundy. Who's running as an independent candidate for governor. The QR code brings up don'tvoteidaho.com, followed by a series of statements about how a person should not vote if they are not informed, and if they do, that the person is the most dangerous person to a democracy. The site then includes a button with the description, Get Informed, Clicking it takes you to the Bundy website. I wonder how they define informed. Well, In other that's, words, that's a fair does, question. Does, does that mean, uh, if you're informed, does that mean you have the same opinion that I do? One would have to ask the person who put the website together, though they are not actually letting you know who they are. And that's part of the problem. Deputy Secretary of State Chad Houck said that his office reached out to Bundy's campaign about the signs but had not yet received a response. According to the Idaho Capital Sun, Bundy's campaign could not be reached for comment about this. The signs do not indicate who paid for them to be printed and placed. So despite which, the fact that they, they push you to uh, his website, it doesn't mean that he forked it over. That is correct. Okay. But the signs don't indicate who paid for them to be printed and placed, and that is a campaign finance violation especially if the campaign knew about him. Mm -hmm. So let's just say, for instance, because it goes to the Bundy website that they knew about it. Well, that's bad for them. Law requires campaigns to indicate on all political advertising who is responsible for that advertising. Now, I've seen these in several locations around Meridian. I don't drive around Boise as much, but I understand they're out there. I did scan the QR code myself, wanted to know what this was, was about half expecting it to be for some kind of garbage scam, Mm. you know, takes you to a porn site or, you know, something crazy like that. But instead of something crazy, you got Ammon Bundy. Well, I... It gives you these messages like, now that I have your attention, don't vote if you're not informed. Okay. If you do, you're a lousy citizen. In fact, you're the most dangerous person in a democracy. And then there's a lot of buttons that say, click here to get informed. Get informed. And that's what brings you to the Bundy for governor. Again, again, I think that's the attitude that surely if you were informed, you would have the same opinion I do. Well, I think, you know. I think that it's dangerous to have somebody posting signs that say don't vote, but I get it. If you don't know what the heck you're voting for, maybe you shouldn't vote. I get it. 
I understand the message. We'll take a break. KBOI News Time is 7.57. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 8.07 on Tuesday morning. Today is the first day of November. Glad you're with us today. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper along with Chris Walton and our super producer Nathaniel. Glad you're hanging out today. What's the gas price look like? It's uh, it's still up in the mid threes, around here anyway. Uh, it was a little higher than that. I think I paid four something the other day. Oh, you did? Yeah, but I don't remember. I'm trying to remember what it was, I but I just it, saw this report. Maybe, yeah, come to think of it, you're right. I think it is still over four. It's I'm thinking of uh, like nationwide. It's, oh, it's down yeah, in yeah. the mid threes. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Now, we do definitely pay more for gas right now. Not as much as California does. Uh, but the diesel fuel price is causing all kinds of problems right now. Going to play this for you from ABC News on diesel prices. Long-haul truckers like Stephen Kelly say his fuel costs have gone through the roof. We used to have $1,000 to get fuel every 24-hour period. They had to move that up to $1,500. Most 18-wheelers run on diesel, and the price has been spiking. And what does that have to do with how much you'll pay to heat your home this winter? Plenty if you heat with oil, says Michael Walden of North Carolina State University, who says in terms of refinement, diesel fuel competes directly with home heating oil. Demand for that goes up in in the winter, and so that sort of pushes out or competes with diesel fuel. Dave Packer, ABC News. Yeah, so diesel price is going to do that to your home heating, so you're going to pay more. I think they're still over $5 around here, at least. Mm -hmm. Diesel is expensive. Diesel is really expensive. And that's going to make everything else expensive. Everything else. Because it all gets sent to Idaho from somewhere. Most of it gets trucked in. Doesn't help. That's for darn sure. Um, They're talking about price of gas coming down a little bit. Alex Stone with that story. Even though some areas of the country have actually seen gas prices go up in the past week, according to new data from the Energy Department, California's drops are so dramatic in recent weeks that that's impacting the national average. Californians have seen gas prices go down 19 cents in the past week, but they're still paying 5.31 a gallon for regular unleaded, while the Gulf Coast is paying only 3.18 a gallon. Nationally, the average is down 3 cents in the past week to 3.74 a gallon. Alex Stone ABC News. Just checking what the gas price is around town. I jump over to gasbuddy.com and uh, look over at uh, what Boise has. Mm-hmm. It's like the best price for gas in town right now is around the $4.13 range. You can get that at a Costco if you're near you. Yeah, if you're a member. Maverick, Albertsons, Flying J. It's reasonable within a cent or two here or there. Definitely gets more expensive the further north you go. Mm. That's what I see. Chuck is on the line for Boise. Hi, Chuck. How are you today? Good morning, fellas. Doing well. We're talking about the price of diesel, and I don't think a lot of people know. There's already seven states that are having serious shortages of diesel. We have giant fuel ships that were heading to Europe that are actually being rerouted back to America to help supply diesel. Wow. Not only does it raise the price of our 
driving costs. But when you run out of diesel, truckers aren't able to actually bring food to the shelves in the stores. So circa 2020, missing toilet paper from the grocery stores. <laughs> this year, people are going to be missing food. Wow. So if you haven't stocked up on food right now, you probably should go to the store because by about November 8th, shelves will start being empty. Really? Wow. So we got about a week then, huh? Yeah, if you're a good red chicken yeah, cooking your bread before it's uh, time to eat it. Yeah, I got you. Well, that's that's interesting. Uh, and I, Gosh, there are so many questions about how you could avoid something like that. But the problem is just supply, yes? The problem is, uh, are you going to be the last one to get your can of beans off the shelf, or are you going to be the first one? Well, I, I'm talking about the, I mean, the, the overall problem is the fuel. If the fuel isn't there, you can't get the food here. So the problem exactly. is supply with fuel. And the problem is that most grocery stores have a supply chain of two weeks. They reorder from their warehouses, and that takes about two weeks to process, bring it to the shelves, and put it out. When they can't move from their warehouses to the stores, the food is not there. Doesn't sound like a good There's situation. A lot of places that are, yeah, it's a bad situation. Yeah. Welcome to America. Yeah, bye. For sure. Chuck, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Take care. I don't like what I just heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but it sure makes me want to go buy like six more cases of pasta for the house. <laughs> <laughs> Only making a joke because I don't know what else to do about a situation like that. I've I've heard worries about this before. In fact, I read a story, I think it was day before yesterday, on why you could start seeing shelves less full. And I hope that's not the case. I hope, I hope, I hope, you know. Right. It's not something we need to see. Because nothing would create a panic quite like food shelves all being bare in the grocery store. I, uh, also with me, because I really like to buy things the day of. Zamzos like, would probably uh, end up doing well because, you know, they sell garden seeds. Yeah, they, that could help. That could help. All right. Bob Beeler will join us here at the bottom of the hour for Bronco Tuesday. We're talking tennis today, so stand by for that. KBOI News Time is 813. Night at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 824, it's today's damn near impossible question with tickets on the line to go see the Dave Matthews Band. 510 years ago today, on November 1st, 1512, a very famous painting was exhibited to the public for the first time. What painting was it? And your hint, the painting is located in a very cool place. Uh, It's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty. Opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. I'm not good with art, I got to admit. I'm not good with art. If if I was, maybe I'd get this question because I'd really like some tickets to see Dave Matthews. Well, you're not eligible, though. Jennifer, you're up first. How are you doing today? Hi, good morning. Doing great. Good morning to you. All right. The question, do you have an answer? I have an answer. Let's see if it's the The right one. The Sistine Chapel in Rome. The Sistine Chapel in Rome? The ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome. That is correct. What? Five hundred and ten years ago today. Can you tell me why it's such a cool place? 
Because it's Rome, Italy. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, all, it's good enough for no, me. No, it's, it's always full of ceiling fans. Because <laughs> it's know. full of ceiling fans, it's cool? Yeah, you guys are smarter than me. I had no idea. Check out the big brain on Jennifer today. <laughs> well done. Nice job, Jennifer. You're going to see Dave Matthews Band. All right. Can you sing some Dave Matthews for us? Go. Okay, maybe. No, I didn't think so. I was just kind of putting her on the spot just a little. I was totally putting her on the spot, just checking to see if she played karaoke or not. (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer, let me put you on hold. We'll get right back to you. We'll get some information and have a great time at the concert. For the rest of you guys, we will have uh, another damn near impossible question for you tomorrow. And, uh, you know, maybe you'll be like Jennifer and be really smart or unlike me in one other way. KBY News Time is 826. This is Bronco Tuesday, where we discuss the Olympic sports at Boise State. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler. On your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. It is Bronco Tuesday. And Bob Beeler joins us, and I believe today we're going to be talking about Boise State tennis. Yep, women's tennis to be exact. And joining us on the phone is their head coach, Beck Rogar. We'll also be visiting with one of their student-athletes, Shauna Heffernan, a little later on in the show. Beck, thanks for joining us this morning. Of course, you guys. Good morning. Fall season is over for you guys. Uh, 60% of the matches or more went in the win column. You won seven individual championships. It's much more of an individual sport in the fall, so... Great it for us. It sounds like you guys did well. Yeah, no, we're we're really pleased. I think, you know, we were seeing a lot of the results that we wanted to see against some kind of heightened competition. So we're feeling really good about, you know, all the building we've done. We've uh, put in a lot of work this fall, and it's really given us a chance to, to really, you know, see the steps that we've taken forward since last year and, and uh, also a couple more steps that we want to make sure we take before January. Spotlight some of the players that have especially played well for you. Well, we, we had a lot of standout performances, but I, I think we'd have to talk about Pauline Ernstberger. Um, she was, you know, participating in the All-American Championships, which was, uh, you know, it's an honor. And she's on a short list of, of uh, names of Broncos that have been uh, elite enough to compete there. So she's, you know, she's one that I think we have to mention. But I think we've had breakout performances from Nicole DeSenza. Um, one of our new freshmen, Ryan Kirshner, has won a lot. I mean, we've had a lot of, uh, lot of standout performances. But our, our home tournament, the Barb Chandler Classic, um, that was kind of the highlight, I think, for us. We just dominated kind of across the board, and everybody really, you know, did their jobs here at home, and we're excited to to get going with spring dual matches and, and try to do the same. In doubles uh, this fall, you were 33-18. and 18. Is that due mostly to your uh, number one group you just mentioned? No, not necessarily. I mean, we've we've kind of, again, we're, we're going to be in a good, we have good problems this year. You know, we've got to do some matchups and kind of figure out which, which three teams are going to be our best ones to put out there. And we've got a lot of, a lot of great options. So we're, we're really excited about that. But kind of across the board, I think everybody is really, you know, understanding the system and, and uh, you know, playing free, playing aggressive and kind of doing the things we want them to do out there. But, yeah, it was we played a lot of different combinations together and, and uh, saw some success at a, at a lot of different, you know, a lot of different teams. Talking Boise State women's tennis with Beck Rogar, their head coach. Beck, when you set up your fall season, what do you want to get out of it? I mean, what, what's the plan? Because it is so different than the spring season where you're playing dual matches and at the end of the year you might be, say, 10-3 and three and you go to the conference championship, so it's much more team-oriented. But what do you want to get out of it as far as how you get the players better, et cetera? 
That's a great question. I mean, fall is really for us all about development. You know, we really want to see our players grow forward. And, and you know, you think about what, what goes into it, not just on the tennis court, but, you know, for the physical aspects and our strength and conditioning. And, you know, they're in the weight room four days a week working really, really hard to, to build a foundation and a base, you know, improve, improve in their athleticism there so that we can carry that into the spring. So the fall is really all about growth for us, growth and development. So, you know, we're looking at tactical issues, technical issues, you know, really breaking things down. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, to, to have, you know, as much success as we did this fall during that segment where we're really, you know, focused not so much sometimes on the result of every match, but, you know, on, on the game style or on the tactics and, and things like that. And we're not always physically 100% because we've been pushing really hard. So I think, you know, it's, it's really just about growing and, and really the IQ, understanding your game and, and being able to know if I'm a player that plays this way, and you're taking on a player that plays a different way, how am I going to take that on? And, you know, our sport, players have to make that decision for themselves on the court every point. You know, we're not calling calling plays necessarily point by point. So, um, you know, it's really just an opportunity to grow in, in your game and, and really understand and mature as a player. So I'm, I'm really pleased with the, with the maturation we've seen so far this fall. You competed at the Wildcat Invitational in Tucson. How did that go? It was good. It was good. You know, our, our uh, doubles team, a new doubles combination, we had Holly... Stewart and Joanna Baptista playing together for the first time. Um, they won the doubles championship down there against uh, some really tough competition. So they took home the title, which was which was wonderful to see. But that was their first time out together. And um, and then yeah, we had we had three players in the singles finals, um, and and we ended up coming away with no titles. So we've got you know I think that'll leave us a little bit hungry uh, as we head into this this segment now as we get back to training here and today and. And I know the players are really motivated. But, uh, yeah, we had Pauline Ernstberger was in the singles final. She lost to a U of A player in the finals down there in a tight match. And uh, But, yeah, a lot to learn down, you know, from down there, but a lot of great results too. So we're, we're excited about the performances down there. Beck, talk about putting together your roster. I'm looking at uh, where they're from, and it looks like I'd like to take uh, brochures to visit all the countries <laughs> you've got people on the team from. Portugal, France, Germany, Venezuela, Ireland. Uh, India and New Zealand, some nice places. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I could say I've been to all those places too, Bob. But, I <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's you know we we're just looking, we're always looking for great Broncos, you know, and and first and foremost in our sport, you know, being as you said, an individual sport, you know, we look for look for players wherever we can find them that that understand the Boise State mentality and want to come in and be part of something bigger than themselves and part of something special and really help build and. And, you know, that's, that's, you know, they're, they're hard to come by in a sense. So we, we're really selective, but, you know, we kind of don't close the door on, on where players are going to be from. And, and it makes it, uh, makes it fun when you're blending all that together here. You know, a lot of these players, it's their first time on a team in general. Um, and then when you're bringing in so many different cultures and so many different types of people and personalities, um, it, it's, it's part of the fun, I think, of college tennis that you get to blend that all together and, and really, you know, grow a team. And, and it's, been, uh, it's been a blast. We have unbelievable players on our team. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable young women in the classroom, on the courts, in the community. Um, it makes it a lot of fun. As we look at uh, the, the players coming, the United States system of having colleges support teams is different than anywhere else in the world. And I know that that's probably one of the biggest attractions for people coming here. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the, the resources that, you know, universities have and, and, you know, college tennis has really become a pathway to the pros. If you look at the, you know, the, the ATP or WTA rankings, um, you'll see a ton of players that have gone through college. And, you know, it really is a great opportunity. A lot of times if you're not going to college uh, to play tennis, um, you're just going straight into the pros. You're, you're needing to come up with, you know, forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 every year on your own to travel and, you know, get, get the things you need to try to earn enough points. So it's not like other sports where you sign a contract and you, you know, you're in it's you have to go out there and, and kind of grind. And, and so college tennis, you know, Hey, you're here playing in our program, you know, developing in our program, traveling with our team and getting all that experience, um, you know, in a very different environment. But, you know, you, you, you also- we just have a couple seconds. We want to get to Shauna, but tell us a little bit about Shauna Heffernan. I think we may have lost back. Hmm. Well, Shauna Heffernan is going to be our guest. <laughs> Uh, she is from Claire Morris, Ireland. So we might as well take a break now and so. then uh, get to Shauna and talk with her about coming to Boise State playing tennis. It's Bronco Tuesday. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. It's Bronco Tuesday. That's when we uh, talk about the Olympic sports at Boise State. And Bob Beeler is here with us. And today it's women's tennis, and it's time to meet one of the student-athletes on the team. And today our guest is Shauna Heffernan. Shauna, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? We're doing great. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm just actually at the court. We had a conditioning session this morning, so wide awake. Great. Well, good for you. <laughs> well, why don't you tell us a little bit about how somebody from Ireland finds their way on the Boise State tennis team? Yeah, of course. Um, it's an interesting one. It's always fun the the recruiting process when you're trying to trying to find a college in the states. Um, so basically, I had a, a guy who used to actually be a coach at Memphis, and he helped me out a lot. And he has a recruiting agency, and he just said we put together like a video, a profile of myself, and put it out, shot it out to all the coaches, or as many as we could over here in the states. And um, thankfully, a lot of people came back, and then it was just cool, like getting to chat with different coaches, uh, hear about their programs, hear about their team, and kind of narrow it down. And then I was actually very lucky because Coach Beck, our head coach, who you're just talking to, obviously came um, came to Ireland, came to visit, uh, met my family, saw me practice, and I just loved everything he was saying. I loved the vibe I was getting from the team and the people here. And I was all in, and I was just kind of waiting on him to, yeah, give me give me a chance. So it worked out really well. Shauna, how have you felt about uh, your performance uh, during the fall season? I'm really happy. Yeah, I'm really happy with my, my performance in the fall. I think um, in comparison to last fall, I'm in, I'm in such a good spot. I think... Um, the most the most thing that I'm proud of is just the performance. Like I've been winning a lot, which is brilliant, but most importantly I've been performing consistently day in, day out, um, producing producing the good stuff on the match court. So I'm really happy with how it's going. Tennis is such an individual sport, especially when you're playing singles. It's you. You gotta do it. But what's it like? Because mm. in, in Europe and other places it's not as much of a team sport as it is over here. So what's it like being part of a team? Yeah, it's it's different, and I think it's something that we all we all have to adjust to because we're so used to just playing for ourselves. Like there's no one else that you're kind of 
you're playing for. Like it says you and yourself on the court. Um, but once you find it, like once you once you realize that you're playing something like bigger than for bigger than yourself, and and uh, it's like magic. Like honestly, because you can just use your teammates. Like they can use you. Like the whole atmosphere, cheering each other on. Like it brings out the best in all of us. Um, so I love it. You changed uh, doubles partners just this past weekend. What uh, prompted the change? Um, I think we're really good at doubles, all of us. And I think you can kind of put each of us with any anyone in the team and it's it's going to work. But right now we're just trying to find the best combination to produce like the strongest doubles pairs on all three positions. And I think we know what works. We know what worked last year. We know what's been working so far this spring, this fall. But there's... um. There's other combinations that we want to try and see how they go, and and so far they've been working as well. So it's um it's just to find the best one. Away from Boise State, you represented Ireland in the Billie Jean King Cup twice. It's sort of the equivalent on the men's side to the Davis Cup. So what was that mm-hmm. like playing internationally? Amazing. It's it's always an amazing experience playing for your country, um, and I think having the experience here, at Boise State, like playing for a team, it makes it. It makes it easier again that playing for something bigger than yourself. Um, but it was it was fantastic, and we just came up short, unfortunately. But we're gonna work hard again and uh, come back stronger next year, and hopefully get that promotion. What are you majoring in, Shauna? What's your course of study? Kinesiology. So I'm doing um, human performance and exercise science. And then we'll finish up with uh, you represented Boise State on the student athlete advisory committee. And not only at campus level, but you've gone to some things at the Mountain West and the NCAA. So tell us what you're doing there. Yeah, the the student athlete advisory committee. We just um, we work really hard to try give all the student athletes staff the best experience and bridge the gap, I suppose, between the the faculty and the athletes, and um, really build a great community among everyone. And it was it was such a cool experience for me to be able to go to. Um, Colorado Springs at the Mountain West SAC meeting and meet the representatives from all the other schools and take a lot of learnings from them to bring back to, to our SAC. So it's exciting. It's cool being a part of something like that and just trying to enhance this amazing opportunity that we all have. Well, it sounds like you've made a good choice coming to Boise State and enjoyed your time. We thank you today for being with us and uh, best of luck in the spring season as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that is Shauna Heffernan mm-hmm. from Ireland. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of Bronco Tuesday. Now, back to Bronco Tuesday on your flagship for the Broncos, News Talk KBOI. Bronco Tuesday with uh, Bob Beeler. What's going on the rest of this week, Bob? Well, tonight we have a basketball exhibition game against Carroll College. That'll start at 630 on 670 KBOI. And then on Thursday night at 7, it's our weekly Coach Avalos show, and we'll be visiting with him. Our assistant coach this week is going to be Dirk Cutter, mm-hmm. and we've got a couple of players to join us as well, talking about the big win over Colorado State. Look ahead to BYU. And then uh, BYU will be Saturday. That'll be a 5 o'clock kickoff. So coverage will get going here on 670 KBOI and 93.1 FM KBOI beginning at noon. You can ask Dirk uh, exactly how many people are pestering him to stick around next year. <laughs> I'll tell you what. With what I have seen out of Taylor Green, obviously Green himself deserves the lion's share of the credit because he has to do the work. But uh, what a great professor to learn from. 
I mean, if you look at it from the collegiate, mm-hmm. just the idea that you're learning something from a professor, a guy who's been a quarterback's coach, an offensive coordinator, head coach in the NFL. What what you could just he, I'm, I'm sure Green's just been a big sponge. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, one of Boise State's earliest Division One coaches when we came mm-hmm. up to the mm-hmm. Division One. Uh, this is really a busy time of year for you because football's not over yet and <laughs> basketball starts right up. Do you get any sleep this time of year? I get up usually a little earlier and I go to sleep a little later. Mm-hmm. And uh, last night I was working as, you know, taking time to go to the door to hand out candy. <laughs> I was working on my uh, basketball stuff and a little bit more behind this week on the football stuff because I'm having to get ready for the basketball tonight. I have a little more time to get ready for the football on Saturday. We got about but 30. BYU has oh, struggled sorry. lately. They've lost four games in a row, so yeah. we need to keep them heading in that direction. <laughs> I wonder if it's going to rain on Saturday night. Good. I mean, I see that it might. Mm. In any case, we've got more news coming at you at the top of the hour, and uh, that's next. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's 9.06 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, who we hope is feeling a little bit better. Been under the weather the last couple of days, and uh, I, I think he'll be back tomorrow, but I'm not positive. Yeah, we don't know. Could be me. In any case, Chris Walton's right over there. How are you doing today, Chris? I am just fine. Did you have a pleasant at the, Halloween at the last end, night? Absolute peak of health, apart from the candy that I consumed last evening. <laughs> I've been good. I stayed away from all the Halloween candy. Oh, well done. I haven't had a single piece of Halloween candy. Oh, to be it, fair, I didn't have a single piece either. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. I've been, I've been good on the weight loss plan. Um, I'm almost at my goal, which was to get down to 200 pounds. Yeah. I've got three more, four more pounds to go. I mean, it depends how big of a glass of water I've had. Well three done. or four pounds. Well done. So once I get there, I'm going to be, I'm going to be done with that. And I'm going to hit that before Thanksgiving day. And I'm going to eat like a son of a gun through December. <laughs> and then just like everybody else, I'll be back on the weight loss plan. There we go. Something happened last night during Halloween that I I wanted to discuss with you. We talked about it a little bit earlier today. I've got a couple of emails that I'll, I'll read about that. Um, goes like this. I, I have little girls. I'm take my daughter's trick or treating. We've got some friends and we all get together and trick or treat the neighborhood. Super busy night in my neighborhood, by the way. They saw all their friends running around. I'd shake some hand, meet some parents, people that I hadn't met yet. And the kids had a great time. They go to one particular door. And I think they got candy also. They came away with something that looks like. It looks like they got a dollar bill, right? It's not really a dollar bill. It's a something that they clearly came off the print machine. Maybe from, you know, the. the what's the. Kikos or Kinkos, what it, something like yeah. that. It looks like a dollar bill, Federal Reserve note that says $1 million on it. <laughs> so the kids all run away going, I got a million dollars. I, I got a million dollars. Yeah, they're all excited, right? <laughs> to a point, I'm sure. Yeah. Went right in the trick-or-treat bag along with the rest of their candy. And I think they did get some some candy from the door that they went to as well. Cool. 
upon further examination, it is a it is a handout from a local church. Dressed up as a one million dollar bill. You can be blessed, it says. And then gives the definition for blessed. Are you blessed or are you cursed? But you can be blessed, it says. It is uh, for a local church. It gives the telephone number and email and website for this particular church. And I was a little perturbed when we got home. This is the first time during trick-or-treating that I have gotten anything except candy in a bag, with the exception of the guy that's the dentist in the neighborhood <laughs> that gives a toothbrush every year. I mean, that that dude's going to do that every year. There's no getting away from it. He doesn't want to contribute to the poor health of teeth, so he gives kids a toothbrush in their trick-or-treat bag. Fine. I get it. But religious material being handed out to little kids during Halloween? Yeah, it's basically a tract, is what they call those. It's a what? Tract, a religious tract, T-R-A-C-T. Or okay. T-R-A- yeah, T-R-A-C-T. And uh, churches from time to time, Christian churches especially, hand those out just to, uh, you know, kind of get a little interest when they can. They, you know, hope people respond to at least some part of the message. As a parent, I think it's important to give your children some faith, something they can hang on to. I'm not a particularly religious person, although I I did grow up in the Baptist church. My wife was Catholic, so kind of made me Catholic for a while, although not really Catholic, if you know what I mean. Um, I think faith is important, and I respect religion, all religion because I don't have any one religion of my own. So I think, you know, if, if you think that you could be spiritual, that that's great. My problem, though, is why is that being passed out to my kids on Halloween? I feel like as a parent, at least you ought to ask me first, is it okay if I hand this to your to your kid? Maybe I'm just being too sensitive. I'm not trying to be over the top. It's something that happened last night, and I'm looking for some for some input. It's the first time I've seen it happen. And I I wonder if it's common, and if it is, you know, maybe I'll calm down about it. I still don't like it, but maybe I'll calm down about it a little bit. And it's not like Chris, I'm gonna go yeah. knock on the dude's door. I, I remember I remember the house in our neighborhood that that passed him out. I'm not gonna go banging on people's doors and asking for an apology. And I'm not going to out the church that did it right now. It's not my goal to embarrass anybody, make anybody mad. I'm just looking for some feedback. Is that okay? Cause I don't, I don't like the idea of somebody handing religious material to my children. I think they, they they do it from a place of kindness, usually. They mean well when they do something like yeah, that. Yeah, but that very, doesn't always make it right. Very rarely does uh, an invitation to somebody's church come from a place of evil, I would think. Certainly. Uh, got an instant message, rather critical of your opinion. Uh, it's not, it's not uh, 
signed, but it says just a comment on the religious notes handed out last night. I find it interesting that Rick will support things like pornographic books in children's libraries and is not offended by drag queen shows, but is a snowflake when it comes to something moral or life-changing like truth. Jesus said he'd be an offense to the world, and Rick is proving Jesus right. These houses didn't bypass the parental factor. You walked your children right up to their door and waited to see what would be handed them. I could appreciate that opinion, except for the snowflake part of the face. <laughs> I don't think you've ever actually supported uh, pornography in children's libraries, at least not that I've heard. Look, I, I respect this particular church because their, their views aren't all that different from what I grew up. I just I have a problem with you not asking me as a parent first if you can hand something to my kids that talks about something as serious as religion. Right. So here, here's just an idea. Maybe you pass out something that says, hey, we have a youth group event coming up. If your kids fall in this range, we'd love to see them. And this is what we'll be talking about. So how's that? Rather than discussing salvation per se, you, you would prefer that they just simply extended a an invitation to something youth-oriented. You want your kids to get that information? You have an option as a parent to say, hey, this is a good idea. Or the, the trunk or treat event is at the church, mm -hmm. you know? Kind of an you know, unwritten rule. If you're going to the church, expect to see something about the church. On Halloween night, when we're marching our kids around the neighborhood, I don't expect that. No. I don't. I Look, who the the person that wrote in? I'm not, I'm not angry that the church is trying to give you information. I'm angry about the way in which it was done. A lot of churches are uncomfortable with Halloween, you know, just in and of itself, uh, like depictions of witchcraft and and whatnot. I mean, we look at it as just you know innocent kids having fun. Uh, Curtis writes and he says, "Not sure where you have been all this time, Rick." Uh, but being from California, the church did it all the time, especially Jehovah's Witnesses. And apparently it happens all the time. It's not a new thing. Not sure why you're so upset about it. You don't want it, throw it away. Nathaniel has something to say today. Okay, I was just Are you going to make fun of me too? Everybody no. wants to make fun of me today. No, I'm actually on your side. I don't like it. Really? Um, I was going to say, though, it's not the church doing this, though. It was a person. Well, clearly it came from the church, though, because it's signed by the church and has their information, plus website, plus, you know, if you want more information, you go here. So I believe it was done up by the church. For sure. But the church itself didn't hand that out. An individual person handed that out. And that sort of, that that's where it gets me, is that it sort of violates that, like, consent of Halloween, of, like, you're taking your kids up to get candy. Everyone knows that you should be expecting candy and to give them a religious pamphlet instead of candy or even along with candy is mm -hmm. sort of sub of a subversion of that sort of trust in that situation. Got an email and an instant message it says, Rick, in today's world of inclusion. I commend you for voicing your opinion on this subject. I do agree with you, but do not think, but do think you're a little over the top. Okay. Do think you're a little over the top. There's always the road uh, for the material, you can file it. 
growing up there always seemed to be someone handing out some religious material. So apparently this has mm-hmm. happened before. Most of the time, the material never made it out of their yard. Your opinions <laughs> are relevant, and I enjoy hearing them. Happy Halloween. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Somebody wrote in, they didn't sign it, but they said, Rick went to a church and is offended that the church handed out religious material. Are you kidding? No, you heard it incorrectly. No, this really is, incorrect. This was simply trick-or-treating uh, at houses in his neighborhood, and somebody at one of the houses handed uh, out the religious material. If you're just joining us, I'll, I'll give it to you one more time. I was trick-or-treating with my kids. They have a something that looks like a $1 million bill, and of course it just... It's a piece of paper that came off the copy machine. And while they were all excited about getting a $1 million bill, the back of it is all about the church. And I don't want to out the church. Just saying that handing out religious material through the neighborhood on Halloween, I mean, from their house. Yes, I walked my children to their house. They went up to their door. If it's your house, I guess you pass out whatever you want. I just not real crazy about it, and was looking for your opinion. And I'd love to hear it. 208-336-3700. I would choose to give candy out and leave it at that. Just let Mm -hmm. the kids have fun. If you think the handing out religious material along with candy or instead of candy is what you can or should do, cool. Tell me about it. Uh, Instant message from Daniel. He said, would the person that called you a snowflake for not wanting your child to get religious material in their candy be offended if their child received a flyer from the Church of Satan? We'll take a break. You could ponder that. Or better yet, give us a call and tell us what you think. 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless will get you in here. A couple of more emails and instant messages coming up as well. KBOI News Time is 918. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 923 at News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. And Nathaniel, who chimes in occasionally from the other side of the soundboard. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us this morning. I'm going to recap, and then I'll go to the phone. You can get us at 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless, 1-800-529-KBOI. Last night, I took my kids trick-or-treating in my own neighborhood. Lots of kids were out. We were having a really good time. At one of the houses we went to, kids went to the door, came away from the door, I think with candy, but also a piece of paper that looks like a $1 million bill. It's fake, of course. And on the back of the $1 million bill is clearly from a church that's, you know, full of material about how you can be blessed or how you can be cursed. And, you know, there's a lot of dialogue here. And the name of the church, along with how you can get in touch of the pastor, and where their website is, and yeah, it there's there's nothing that's here that is offensive. I'm not offended by the material. I just don't think you should hand it to my kid when they're trick or treating. And in going through the candy last night, I came away with the one million dollar bill and looked on the back. Was like, come on, man, can't we just do Halloween? 
Can't we just do that? Did either of your girls mention them to you? Yeah, both of them ran away from the door saying, I got a million dollars! Which was cute. But, I'm, look, I'm, I'm a parent, and I've been to church almost my entire life. I know Bible verses, had to memorize a lot of them when I was a kid, baptized. I, yeah, I know church. You were baptized in the Baptist church? Mm-hmm. It's what you do when you're Baptist, you know? <laughs> and you sing a lot, and we sing a lot. Look, the, the point is, as a parent, I would like to have the first opportunity to have a look at what you're handing my kid. Look, in the case of a library, and I know somebody brought this up. Yeah, I like to take my kids to the library so I can see what they're looking at and, you know, maybe bypass something I don't want them to read. If that should be the case. Mm -hmm. In this case, I don't really have a problem with the material that's been handed to them. I just, as a parent, would like to be advised before you start handing stuff to them. It's the, it's the principle of the thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Look, let me be the parent. I'll decide whether they need to see that or not. Thank you very much. The million-dollar bill? Cool. Great idea. Cute. Religious material in the back? Let me see that before you hand it to my kid, please. Angela is on the line from Boise. Angela, thanks very much for calling. How are you today? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. Did you have a happy Halloween? We had a great Halloween. Good times. Good times. Yeah. There was not as many kids out in the neighborhood we went to, but it was still a great time with the grandkids. Boy, I hear you. We had, a, we had a good time, and we had tons of kids. I think I went through four bags yeah. of candy last night. Just oh at the door. God. Yeah, lots of kids. <laughs> lots of kids. How lots can we help you today? Heights. Yeah. Go for it, so Angela. I, I am with you. I think there's a, an, a time and a place to hand out that, that uh, kind of stuff. And it's not Halloween. It's not trick-or-treating. It's not when kids are expecting the candy. And I would have handed it back. I would have said, no, thank you. You can have it back. And I would have walked away. Because I go up to the doors. I see what the kids are getting. Mm-hmm. I pay attention. And if I'd have seen that, I would have just returned it. So I'm, I'm with you. It's not, it's not the time or place. It's inappropriate, and and it's going, you know, there's two-year-olds trick-or-treating. It's going to a two-year-old, I just, yeah, I don't think it's the right the right time or place. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that. And, and thank you very much, Angela, for your input today you, on that. You you're welcome. Care. Have a good day, guys. You as well. Um, now, a, a two-year-old would probably be considerably less affected than a grade school kid. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to learn to read. Yeah, two-year-old. And then you uh, read to learn. That's that's how the old saying goes, right? They wouldn't know learn much about it. Learn to read, then you read to learn. Um, yeah, like I say, it's it's religious material. It happens to be information that I'm not against my, my kids reading. But what if? What if it came from someone who's Muslim? What if it came from someone who is a part of the satanic church? What if you're going to start doing it for your church? Gets into some family's hands that think, oh, that's how we're going to play it around our neighborhood, huh? 
I had an opportunity about a month ago to talk to somebody who was uh, involved in the Church of Satan, and, and they were trying to tell me that it had absolutely nothing to do with Satan. And I said, well, you know, maybe you should change the name. Then. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 that's, that's a bad PR, yeah, guys. I was say, rethink that. Your public relations <laughs> is suffering a tad. We'll take a break. Love to hear what you guys have to say about it. And look, if I'm overreacting, call and tell me so. Really, I, I'm, I'm looking for your input on this. 208-336-3700. News is next. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. It's 936. Glad you're hanging out with us on News Talk KBOI today. I'm Rick Worthington. In for Mike Casper, who we're all crossing our fingers by tomorrow. It's fun that I can say, yeah, I I didn't choose this. I didn't choose this job today sitting in this, (laughs) this chair. I was doing my own job, and then Mike Casper said, I'm not <laughs> yeah, coming in. Chris Walton's or, over or, there doing or, his normal thing. Or though. words to that effect. Yeah, yeah. to that effect. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you hanging out with us today. The discussion is in regards to some uh, a pamphlet or a, tra- a religious tract. Is that what it's called? Tract, right. Was handed to my kids while they were trick-or-treating last night. In my neighborhood. In my neighborhood. And it's not offensive material in the least. I just, as a parent, have a have a problem with, with let's just hand out candy on Halloween, okay? We'll take your phone call at 208-336-3700. Consider for a moment if it was something else. Right? If this was from a, a different religion altogether than the, the one that's listed on here. A local church a local pastor, local number, and a website, along with quite a bit of you know discussion about whether we're blessed or whether you're cursed and how you can be blessed if you would choose to be so. I'm not offended in the least by the material that's on here. As a parent, I would like the option of saying, yeah, honey, go ahead. You can read it. Yeah, you can take the $1 million bill that uh, also has religious information all over the back. Sure. You can read it. I would like as a parent to make that choice for myself. I'm getting texts from my friends this morning as well. Mm. Any positive ones? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, Instant message here from Dave. He says, like anything these days, there are lots of influences out there that a parent may or may not want their kiddos watching reading, snacking on, etc. If a parent wanted to, it would almost certainly be impossible to shield their kids from all the influences that they would view as negative. I'm not convinced it would be possible or even wise to spend lots of mental time or energy trying. It comes down to, as it always does, some involvement, diligence, and discussions between the kids and the parents. Short answer, Rick needs to just get over it. That yeah, was from, I, that was I from Dave. probably will really, really easy. I, I brought it in as an opportunity to talk to you about it today to see if that's if it's acceptable to you, because look, I'll put it to you like this. If we had went to a home and they were getting Muslim material, I probably wouldn't like it as much. I'd want to read it and make a choice just the same as the material that's on here right now that I'm I'm not offended by in the least. 
The Muslim stuff probably wouldn't have offended me either, but I would have liked to have had the opportunity to at least look at it before it went into my kid's trick-or-treat bag and maybe right on up to the bedroom where they had an opportunity to read it, not ask dad about it. But I, I tell you this, and, and Mike makes a good point. I appreciate the text from you, Mike. So I would extend your argument to not just religious, but any social medium. If someone was handing out sex reassignment surgery and information on that, people would lose their mind. You're not wrong. <laughs> just it's it's the wrong that, that place to give makes out me, that stuff. Kind of makes me curious if anyone ever has done that. If you're passing out information to kids, in this case, it's it's really, really harmless. It's, it's just for the church. It's up the street. Cool. But if it was something else, and maybe next time it is. John, thanks for calling us in Napa today. How are you? Good. Good morning, guys. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for the call. Am yeah, I, I am I losing my mind just... here? Is this inappropriate or not? No, it's not. It, well, it's 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 an avenue by which to get a message across. I was telling your skull, the call screener that you know I think you should give out the candy too if you're going to hand out a pamphlet. I mean, tight tape it to it so the person knows that 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 message of God's love for them is is attached to you know the opportunity to give you a piece of candy too. It's not just a dry drop. I told the call screener that or you don't go to a restaurant and give the waitress a track and don't leave a tip. You better, especially if you have to track, you better leave a, a big tip and make an impact with it. Yeah, you'll leave, the, ha- you'll leave the wrong message if, if uh, you skip the tip. Ex- exactly. So I, I don't, I would, I would tape the, I would tape the, the trick track, the chick track. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip. Right. The, the chick track in with some candy that the kids can associate with, you know, well, everybody supposedly assumes that everybody's dropping uh, candy in the bag for well wishes and good, good, good natured. But there's some evil out there, and the dark side of that is, you know, the skull and crossbones and death and uh, resurrection and all John, those, all let, those let me, let conversations me, come up. Let Go me ahead. make this a little easier. All right, in this case, I'm okay with the message. I don't have a problem with it. I would like to have been asked as a parent if it's okay for my kids to have this beforehand. And if it was for a different religion that I might not agree with, I might be a lot more upset. I mean, do you see my point? Yes and no. No in the fact that you sit your kid out there anyways, knowing that it's a grab bag of a whole kind of things that could end up in their bag. Hopefully it's just candy. But you don't even know what kind of candy. We have people who are vegans who refuse to give kids anything that has to do with pep, uh, that, unless it's plant-based candy or a treat, they ain't going to give it to you. Right. And there's people out there who, uh, you know, have their own little, their little religion about whatever, and they're yeah. going to put it in your kid's bag. Yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Some, I haven't seen that yet, that? but uh, the other the other gluten, religions, the, the, I, this is the first time this has happened to me. This is the first. The gluten-free? You never seen no, that gluten-free? No, 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 no. Just the, the religious track in the Halloween bag. It's the first time for me. Oh, we've been doing it. For, I've been doing it for years. Oh, you've been handing them out. Yeah, but you do it with candy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 John, as yeah, a parent, it's, it's, I wish you had told me before you had done that. Has anybody well, ever given it, you a bad time? No. Okay. No. In fact, right. I did. I did it one time to some kids. I was mowing a lawn, and these kids got out of school and they were going down the street. And I didn't have any candy. All I had was a stack of these chick tracks, and I just handed it up to the kids. Say, hey, you want to read something? 
and take this home and show it to your parents, you know. And they said, oh, thanks. He was just all excited that I gave him. I couldn't, I couldn't believe. I thought, wow, he's, I'm going to get, I thought I was going to get uh, the evil stink eye or something. But no, they all accepted him. They had a little jack-o'-lantern. What's the story of the jack-o'-lantern really about? Blah, 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 blah. And they, and they started reading it and walking on the way home to, to wherever. Right. And I was there for quite a while. I didn't have some parent following him back down the road to beat that guy right. over the head. John, I appreciate your Trevor. comments today, and I'm sorry yeah. i got to let you go. we got more people that no, we got to get, get in here. But thank yep, you very much you for the call, and I appreciate you being honest about all that. Look, it, I, I would not hand out religious material on Halloween night. I would just rather kids got a piece of candy and have fun. That's all I'm saying. John wrote in. He says, sorry, man, on Halloween night, all bets are off if you're out and about. What about the religious pamphlets handed out at public school events? Use it as a teachable moment. The more you get your panties in a bunch, the more kids will clue into it. I'd use it to explain the world has all different types. If you're interested, go find out more about it. If not, chalk it up to knowledge and get on with your life. Let me make it perfectly clear that I did not talk to my kids about the pamphlet. I bring it to you as a topic to discuss. I'm not going to lose any sleep. I'm not crying. I'm asking you if you're okay with it. I think you should just give out candy on Halloween night. Just give them candy. Kids in the neighborhood, they're having fun. Let them have fun. You don't have to hit them over the head with religion. You don't have to do that on Halloween night. You can just let the kids have a good time. You give out the stuff, cool. It's up to you. It's your door. They're coming to your door. You do what you do. As a parent, I would appreciate it if I had the option of looking at it before handing it to my eight-year-old, who's pretty impressionable. In this case, it was material I don't have a problem with. But I didn't talk to him about it, and I'm not going to cry about it, not going to lose any sleep. I just bring it to you as something that we can objectionably talk about and I go to Patrick and Caldwell next. Patrick, thank you very hey. much for calling us today. So, a couple things. Yes, sir. Mostly stuff you've said. You brought up, just let me be the parent. You said that. Yes, sir. Where was that attitude when, when you were mandating your masks that you wanted everybody to wear? Where was that attitude? I don't think I ever told you you had to wear a mask. I think oh, I told you I'd like it if you, you wore a mask. You were the biggest mask Nazi on the I, radio. I, all I said, well, I, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Patrick, my attitude did change a little bit during all that. It absolutely did. Yeah, I would really like it if people wore a mask. But I understand the idea of personal choice. Yeah. Okay. And also, I and think you, I think I also... You didn't have that attitude back then. You yeah. browbeat people, and you browbeat people, and then every news story was about, oh, and they weren't wearing a mask, and they weren't but wearing a mask, and they weren't... You never think, let it go. I don't think so this applies to Halloween, getting things yeah, handed it, from you from does. people it on Halloween. To, it applies to attitude. You, of all people, have no right to say, let me be the parent after... I don't I don't have the, after I don't get past. I don't get to say let me be the parent as a parent of two little girls that are trick or treating that night I don't get to say that All right Patrick Jess says uh, good morning I can appreciate the discussion on the pamphlet but you're overthinking it 
IMO, in my opinion. When you were a kid, kids today are not going to be different. No kid is going to dump out the candy bag and say, oh, look at this piece of paper. I should read the whole thing. L-O-L-O-L, which I think means laughing out loud, out loud. No, the paper got thrown away along with the Smarties, candy corn, and anything else you don't want to eat. The paper didn't even make it to the trade with your friends candy pile. Ha ha, happy <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, that might be the case. That might. Look, I thought it was just a $1 million bill until my daughter started reading what was on the back. So we'll uh, take the rest of your phone calls. If you're there, stay right there. We'll get straight to you. KBOI News Time is 948. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Show's about over, just a few minutes left. I'll just remind you, if you win the Powerball and you pay this radio station enough money, they will never put me back on the air again. (laughs) If you paid me enough, I'd never come back. You want them to make make the check out to you? Just saying. Joan is in Napa. Thanks very much, Colin. How are you doing today? Joan, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Fine. Joan. Rick, I just wanted to back you up on this one. I'm I'm a childless person, but I would never presume to give anything to children telling them how to think. Imagine if this invited them to the junior communist party meeting on Thursday nights or People something. People would I mean, lose just, their mind. They'd they freak out. They would, and it's really hypocritical. I understand that some Christian teachings have people proselytize, but those are the first people to get in your face and tell you not to tell them how to treat their children. So, And as far as the guy just screaming at you about the public health issue, uh, we all know that that was a unique uh, period in our history, and we learned a lot about our public health uh, announcement failings, and uh, it's a shame that uh, public health and politics are so intertwined uh, but anyway, stand your ground, man. You're doing fine. Joan, thank you very much. That's kind. I appreciate it. Rich gets the last word today. Oh, Rich, how we doing? Well, pretty good. Boy, I hate to defend you, but that guy was just nuts. You never, <laughs> you, you, you never were in favor of a mandate. You never told people to wear masks. You told them you did, and you had reasons for doing it. I always thought you were way too soft on it. That's what people do to me. They confuse what I say. I, I don't know. Sometimes I just wonder how they hear things. But on this Halloween thing, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, if, if it would have been me if I'd have saw it, right away I'd have gave it back. Otherwise, I wouldn't have, di- I wouldn't have did anything. But the thing is, you're right about this. If this would have been something about uh, something to do with gays, that would have been on Fox News. Uh, if it had been, you know, if it had been a Muslim church, uh, you it might have made the news too. So it's just, you know, that's my take. Rich, I'm, I'm with you. If I look, I, I, I'm okay with what was handed to them, and I, I would have just handed it right over to my kids and said, "No, yeah, it's no problem. You can read that." But you invite some issues. If you've got somebody living in your neighborhood that doesn't think the way you do and the way I do. And all of a sudden, they're handed out information on how to go from being straight to gay or how to change your gender or information about, I mean, take your pick. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. So you invite other problems into the neighborhood. 
you're just about done. Dave wrote in, he says, uh, don't you go through the ritual of dumping the candy out and seeing what's in there? Oh, I yeah. do. Yeah. And there's always some things that get pitched, some that might get discussed, and some get tested by dad. Except for candy corns. <laughs> I've never eaten any of those, and every time we get them, I just throw those I'll, things out. I'll, I'll take yours. Hey, uh, thank you very much. I hope Mike is back tomorrow. We're on a break. We'll see you again at uh, 6 a.m.